Welcome back to another episode of Song Getting Saves the World. If you're currently listening on Spotify or iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you beautiful people are listening, <laughs> then go ahead and like and download the episode. And you can also follow the show and leave a five-star review and comment on iTunes if that's where you're at. Make sure that you keep up with us on social media by following us on Instagram at Songwriting Saves the World and on Twitter at Song Saves World. And you can also like our Facebook page, which is also Songwriting Saves the World. And you know the drill, get the whole family to like it, yep. brothers, cousins, aunts, honestly, your coworkers too, everyone. <laughs> oh, and TikTok. Oh, yes. Because and TikTok, we've been it. posting TikToks. Believe it, people, we've been posting TikToks. We were together <laughs> last week in the same place. And we filmed a bunch of TikToks. Granted, we're kind of running out because we filmed like five <laughs> and we posted them. But we will be posting more. And I think they're really fire. So you should definitely check that out. And Do I can that. finally say loud and proud that we have a TikTok <laughs> and not like feel scared about saying it because we hadn't posted anything yet. Check so that out. Go content. follow TikTok at Songwriting Saves the World. And if you really, really like our show and you want to support us on Patreon, you can head over to at Songwriting Saves the World on there. And there's extra content from the guests. And there's stickers, and there's going to be more merch soon. So go check that out. And without waiting any further, we will jump into this interview with Heather Somer, artist and writer, badass queen. You're going to love her. We love her. Let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of Sorry Saves the World. Today we have a really special guest, Heather Somer who's a songwriter and producer and artist from New York. Um, Heather recently released her debut EP, Nocturnal, which landed on Soda, NMF, in three countries, Fresh Dance, Pop, and more. She also has a TikTok-famous presence of 25,000 <laughs> followers on TikTok. Heather Somer is a fully independent, unsigned songwriter and artist, having amassed over 45 million streams on Spotify alone. Her lyrics and distinctive, powerful, yet ethereal vocals, I love that, put her on the map as one of New York and LA's go-to writers and vocalists in the pop EDM scene. I mean, she's hey. done so much, we can't even count it. Oh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thank you for being here. Yeah, thank, thank you guys you. for having me. We have a little icebreaker question for you. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to know a song that you love right now that you think is underrated. Yep. Ooh, okay. I'm going to go with Dropout. By Breakants and Black Bear. I don't okay. know if you guys have heard that one. It's I so good. I haven't, but I like Black Bear, so I'm sure it's great. And I love your decisiveness on that question. Immediately. I was just like, got it. Some people take forever. They're like, oh my god, no, agonizing over it. You're like, no, I know immediately. I got it. <laughs> I've been listening to this one on repeat for like the entire month, pretty much. It's I so good. I love that. This oh, has been... Asking people this question on the podcast has been like how I've been finding new music because I was editing an episode yesterday and I was like, I should make a playlist of all these songs because <laughs> apparently yeah. I just don't know what's up because I have like not heard most of the songs people have said. I guess that's the point, the underrated thing. That's but so cool, though. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm excited to listen. So can you start with giving us a background story of your musical journey and how you got to where you're at now? Yeah, sure. So let's see. It all started when I was <laughs> when I was probably three or four. Um, and wow. when I was really little, I would love to like I had this little Fisher Price keyboard that my parents had gotten me and I would just like listen to songs on the radio and try to figure out the little like melodies of them on the piano. Oh, and, advanced. Yeah. Yes. Such a little baby <laughs> genius. No. <laughs> 
Um, and my mom noticed and she was just like, I don't know if everyone can do that. Right. <laughs> so from there, right. And it they was kind of like, it was, it was cool. <laughs> and I just love doing that. And, uh, and then as I got older, I involved myself in pretty much every sort of chorus and select chorus and area, all state chorus and all of the things. Oh, damn. And, yeah. Um, started writing music for fun and, um, really started taking it seriously Probably the end of like senior year of high school. And then when I started college, I brought my microphone to college because um, I studied graphic design and illustration, which cool. was, you cool. know, a whole different world. Yeah. Um, but both creative. And um, I would just basically record in any moment that I wasn't doing work. Yeah. Um, and then simultaneously, when I actually graduated from college and started working, um, I worked for this magazine company and I, the second that I got out of work, I would also like go home or go to a session and just grind and <laughs> record as much as possible. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's definitely been something that I have put my full effort into and like, you know, because of that, now I'm starting to kind of see the aftermath of all of that hard work and it's slowly yeah. starting and, um, I still have a really long way to go, but um, what was really great was starting out in the world of electronic music mm -hmm. um, because that allowed for me to write and practice my songwriting skills for other people, um, you know, in the electronic space. And now as a songwriter for not only myself, but for other artists, it's really become a little handy tool and skill set that I've been able to, you know, develop. So and yeah. now I'm here doing my own stuff and I'm excited. That's sick. Well, <laughs> we love it. Thanks. Well, speaking of songwriting and tools, we call well we call it a songwriter's toolbox. We box, do, but it's basically kind of like little tips and tricks that you've picked up along the way, like as you've been a songwriter and you've started co-writing and really like honing your craft. What are three things that you have in your songwriting toolbox that you use to like have a better session, or if you're like reworking mm -hmm. songs, just kind of things like that. Ooh, that little is a advice. Great question. Oh my gosh. So for me, the way I usually prepare is, like, I just do my research before. Like, if I know there's a specific artist that I'm writing for that day, I'll definitely go and look them up and l listen to a ton of their music mm -hmm. and just get really mm -hmm. familiar with them. And what also really helps is going on Spotify and seeing what other artists are associated with them. Oh, yeah, smart. Um, yeah, and so that way it's kind of like I'll get an idea of the kind of sounds and the kind of lyrics they use. Um so that's one huge thing that I think has really helped if I don't know the artist personally. Yeah. Um, another is brainstorming like a ton of smart kind of like phrases or lyrics that I have beforehand. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we never know what the song is going to be about until we actually right, get into right. the session. But um, I really love looking up on Pinterest and yeah. like even Instagram yeah. like quotes. Stop. Oh, so I, fun. I live so fun. for Pinterest quotes. And our yeah. entire oh, podcast yeah. Instagram is basically just quotes. Because we really, we love believe it. in it deeply. So I love that. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's so helpful. And especially if, you know, if there's a moment where you're kind of blanking out in a session, it's really easy to then have that comfort of going to, to other sources to find more inspiration. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the third one would definitely just be, like, the way that I present myself. I definitely make an effort to be as, like, open and friendly as yeah. possible. <laughs> Um, cause I think it's so important to be able to have like a connection with the person you're writing with 
regardless of your, if you're first meeting with mm-hmm. them or if it's, you know, your millionth time working. I think it's like if you can form a genuine connection and a friendship while you're writing, that's absolutely the best because then yeah. you're going to have a great song from, from forming that and they'll feel it's like basically therapy, you know? Oh, it really is. <laughs> For the Pinterest yeah. quote thing, do you usually get like whole song concepts from that or is it just like a brain jump start or a line idea? I think it's like... Yes, I think it's the the second one where it's kind of like I'll get line ideas. Um, I can actually open my Pinterest. Oh my gosh, right now please! Hold for two seconds. Please. There's some good stuff in there. Um, yeah, it's kind of just like an overall thought process. If I'm blanking out, then I'll go to it. Um, let's see. Oh, it's so great. I feel like not enough people use it. Like it used to be really great, and now there's so many forms of social media that it's just not as present anymore. But it's I love it um we got some photography here for photography inspo (laughs) i'm gonna scroll past that my quote pinterest board is just hundreds and hundreds of pins long yeah it's a constant every day add to it oh yeah so i'll have like little ones that are like am i that easy to let go damn Um, or makes a girl think (laughs) um (laughs) that and also it just sounds like a song lyric of course i won't copy this because that's a problem but like yeah, it gets yeah. your mind thinking about certain ideas. And then another one is um, your perception of me is a reflection mm. of you. Like, mm. come on. Gold. Ugh, so good. I love that. Um, And then another one, I'll do one more, is, by the way, I'm wearing the smile you gave me. Like, I could totally yeah. hear that in a lyric. But, wow. Yeah. You know. Okay. So, so maybe um, I start smart. looking for lyrics Thanks. on Pinterest. I feel like I just look for things that make that feel like they could help me get through the day. <laughs> Mm-hmm. yep i yes i feel that too. maybe i can look <laughs> i know I, it's, it's hilarious <laughs> how many times i can say that a pinterest quote is like what gave me the courage to do something it's like it's not a pep 100%. talk for my friend it's not any sort of internal gumption it's not like a reason like oh i really want this thing it's just the pinterest quote told me i could do it <laughs> and that's what really turned the tides yes it really just changes it your whole day. It really does. So <laughs> you mentioned you um, have written a lot of EDM and, and pop. Do you approach writing those genres any differently or singing those genres any differently? Or is it just kind of the same and the production is what is what makes it a certain genre? Mm-hmm. I think that 100% depends on like what i am working with for example so a lot of the time Mm. in the electronic world i'll be sent instrumental tracks um and so you know that's a a different process of kind of me being usually by myself or sometimes i'll bring in like a friend of mine who would be a co-writer um and we'll listen to the instrumental track and kind of like write around the instrumental track um yeah and another way you know when it comes to uh edm and the edm world is sometimes if i'm trying to just send and pitch it out to people a lot of the time Mm -hmm. electronic artists really just listening like enjoy listening to um just strip down chords with me singing a melody so that they can envision their own production around it um oh that makes sense yeah yeah, so there's a lot more room for them to kind of like think about where to go and if it's a fit for them in terms of the top line so that's usually how Mm -hmm. edm world works and then when it comes to the pop world Um, I'll typically work simultaneously with a producer over Zoom. I've been doing a ton of Zoom sessions um, Mm -hmm. for the past year. A new life. Oh, yeah. It's a whole new world, but now I'm, like, so used to it, and it's kind of crazy how many new people I've met 
virtually, including you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really is. I'm having the same experience. It's really wild. So, so yeah. So when it comes to the pop world, for my own stuff, um, I'm typically working with you know a group of producers who really know the direction I'm going in, and um, creatively, I just kind of get into this crazy zone. I think it's called the flow state. Have you guys heard of that? I have heard of that. I have. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically this like mentality where you're like you're completely zoned out, but you're also incredibly focused. And it's this zone that a lot of people who are like doing something that they love or creative get into. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I can't get into it unless I'm like, you know, by myself. But if I'm working with somebody, you know, if I'm working with somebody that I've known for a while, then I'm usually like, all right, give me a few minutes. Let me like think of stuff. And then I get into a zone and then I'll come back with certain ideas. And then we kind of go back yeah. and forth from there. I feel so. like I, um, you're right that with co-writing, it's a bit hard to get into that yeah. kind of groove unless you really, you're really, really comfortable with someone. Totally. But I feel like I notice it for myself. And I won't really like realize that I'm really focused in that way on writing or production or whatever it is until I look at my voice memo that I've been that I set as like to make sure I don't forget anything, and it's at like an hour and a half, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't even. I thought I just said that and you get yeah. like totally distracted and I'm like, well, what the heck it's is that? It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> if you can get into it in a session, that's incredible. I have yet yeah. to, I think, get into it when I'm like working with other people for the most part. Yeah, me too. Cause it's hard because you're, you're bouncing, you know, thoughts back and forth and there's a lot happening. And so, you know, I think for my own stuff, what I've realized too is I definitely want to do more as just like a, a one person on the, the track as a writer and mm. work with a producer that I trust. And then for other people in the pop world who I, you know, enjoy writing for, then that's where I feel like sessions can be amazing, you know? Yeah. When you're, when you talked about writing over like an EDM track, sometimes I find it hard to do that, especially with EDM because there's so much going on in the production yeah. and you're like, where is there even space for me to explore melodies here? Or it'll be so structured, like the hook has to go right here because there is, it's built that way and it can mm-hmm. be like, yeah. feel like I'm in a box. Yeah. Do you have that experience? Like, what are some ways that you kind of free yourself up when you're writing to a track that might be kind of already full? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So sometimes it depends on the actual production itself. Like, sometimes in EDM, there's more of like a melodic, not as, um, like I guess busy type of track yeah. so for those I usually am pretty able to write to but for the ones that are more that have more going on I'll usually just like figure out the chord progressions and then do the chords on piano right and then write mm-hmm. to those and yeah. then you know put the vocals back into the production and see how that works yeah because um, I totally sense. feel you on that yeah right. total hack total <laughs> life hack to things down. <laughs> yeah. yes absolutely yeah that's so true though me and a bunch of my friends have felt the same exact way though about tracks that it's sometimes very challenging if there's a huge production yeah like I don't know what to do and most of the time when you like switch over to an instrument you're like wow now I actually have crazy how that works (laughs) yep it's like where did that come from that's so funny so you're an independent artist and as you know independent artists have to wear so many hats yeah you're like a songwriter an artist you do your own like PR and marketing and everything yep and so as an independent artist what are your top three tips for kind of like networking and getting your life together as an mm-hmm. artist or as a writer yeah to manage all of that yeah I would say one um you know 
definitely it's so important to like stay motivated and make your own opportunities if that makes sense like when it comes to reaching out to people when I was first starting I remember I would spend probably like a few hours every day or not I wouldn't say every day that's a little bit of an exaggeration but probably every other day um you know a few hours looking up emails um and at the time that was before TikTok I feel so old saying that but um (laughs) that was before you could connect via TikTok or um, you know, now Instagram DMs are also amazing mm. for connecting and I think just doing your own research and hitting up people with, you know, a, a professional and friendly way of saying hi, yes. you know, love your stuff, would love to, you know, work slash um, would love it if you could check out the song. I think it would be really fun to work. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you send a ton of those, somebody is bound to respond. So I know true. a lot of the time re- rejection yep. comes with the platform and that was going to be number two is kind of like get yourself in the mindset of understanding that rejection is so part of the process <laughs> because True. the amount of emotional baggage that I have <laughs> tried to avoid is it's challenging because we're artists too so and we're writers so we're naturally more sensitive people mm. so um right. it's kind of becoming both a business person and you know, this sensitive, vulnerable songwriter. It's like you have to have completely these two sides that are very different. So I think navigating the idea of failure and understanding that it's going to be a part of it and eventually you will get to where you want to be is so important. Um, Yeah. And it's easier said than done, (laughs) but I think it's just that awareness is everything. Yeah. The Instagram DM thing is hilarious because I cannot tell you the amount of people I DM. And then I'm like, obviously most of them never see it. And then most of the percentage left don't reply or they reply, but they say no. And then there's that one little, (laughs) one little percentage Mm -hmm. that would engage. But I just think like, oh my gosh, I've DM'd like every writer. I'll find like a label. I'm like, I DM'd every single writer for them. What if one day, like I like work with that label and I meet these people and then they all, they like follow me on Instagram. They're like, why did this bitch DM me? Like like, like, five years ago. (laughs) No, but, like, that's totally okay because that is very – like, I feel like so many people do that. And, for example, I remember years ago when I was first starting out, too, I, like – I remember Charlie Puth was not even remotely as Uh big as he is now. And I was a huge fan of him back in the day, and he did these, like, YouTube parody things. And I think I Facebook messaged him (laughs) and was just like, I, would I like, love your music so much, blah, 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 like, would love to work. And I was like – I had no idea what I was doing at that time. Um, and I think he responded and he was like, oh my God, that's so nice, Heather. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being Aww. such a fan. And Aww. that was before he exploded. And now he, you know, I think, I don't think he's thinking back to that being like, wow, she's right. so weird. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't basically is, you know, I think it can't hurt yeah. to message people. And yeah. as long as you're not like harassing, <laughs> right? because that happens too. I definitely want to make sure that like what I'm saying doesn't We're get not encouraging harassment. I'm not encouraging the overload of harassment. Let me be very There's clear. a fine line between persistence <laughs> like, and harassment. I feel like I've definitely yeah, walked that line. Same thing with ego and confidence. <laughs> yep. Oh my god. <laughs> no, but I I appreciate it yeah. because I I think in this industry you have to be incredibly persistent. And mm. the th- the third thing was uh you know there was this analogy that I got from a mentor of mine a few years ago where it was just this image of like. You know, the music industry is kind of crazy if you're in it. And, like, the way that you're going to get there is there's, like, basically this wall that is 
kind of mm-hmm. put up for everybody who doesn't have automatic connections. And mm-hmm. as uh, an independent person, I wasn't born into um, any crazy connections yeah. or anything. So there's that wall. And I think, you know, if you bang your head against the wall enough times, it'll break eventually. You might like lose a few <laughs> you might <laughs> pieces lose some of sanity, brain cells, but, but you gotta do it. <laughs> screws in there. But uh, I think it's uh, it's ultimately just the amount of persistence that you have. Like we were saying before, it's like it's everything. Yeah, yep. you know? it's hilarious. I'm just running through, and oh, just to remember how much you love it yeah. too. Um, yeah, you know, because that's ultimately what it's all about. Yeah, I think we get way too caught up in the numbers and the mm. competition and the comparison, and like I have to remind myself daily to not do that because even Snaps when you're at a certain point you. that you've worked so hard to get to. <laughs> Oh, thanks. <laughs> like you always want more, yeah. I think, and it's just so relative. So really being aware of that whole world of comparison is definitely a super helpful tool to try to not Oh my gosh, yeah. I we sense. Yeah, um, I don't know if you know Deza, but our friend Deza who's an incredible yeah. um songwriting artist. Yep. We interviewed her for this podcast as well and she said something really smart where that really stuck with me where she said that it's really hard to be satisfied in this industry where the goal is always ahead of you you're never gonna like hit yep. a place where yeah. you can say oh I, I know that I did it now and I think that's so that important true? to know and to talk about because it can be such a mental like screw over if you don't realize that absolutely that you have to just kind of yeah be in, live in your moment and it sucks all of the fun out of it yeah it does you start doing <laughs> it because that, that's so crazy that you start doing music and being a writer and artist because you love it and then you're like well this is what I want to do so obviously I want it to be my career right but then you kind of lose sight of how much you love it if you're constantly just like comparing yourself Mm -hmm. or like pushing yourself to an extent that's crazy yeah Yeah. so absolutely I think there's that like phrase where it's like I'll be happy when blah 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 and it just keeps going a lot of the time in the industry and I think it's so important to like take a step back and realize how much has happened that, you know, in terms of growth and side note too, mm-hmm. I actually met Desa years ago and she, um, we actually did this like little writing camp in California, which is my first writing camp ever. Oh, cool. Um, she's amazing. Yeah. I actually yeah. have a session with her super soon, so I'm stoked and we'll be reconnecting and, um, yeah. I love that, that she said that cause I think everybody experiences that too, but then we're kind of told on social media to just show all the accomplishments so <laughs> true <laughs> there's another true. whole world to it yeah true i i saw something the other day that said i mean you guys have probably heard this before but that it's so hard to compare yourself to others so you shouldn't because you're looking at your rough draft everyone has only everyone here has only been on earth once we only get one like shot nobody here is, has ever practiced before so you're looking at your rough draft and you're seeing every like mistake you've ever made and all the hours you sat there doing nothing and like mm-hmm. being bored and not having opportunities whatever and so it's such a trap to look at other people and just see yeah. what the heck like they're doing some something cool every week and i'm not doing anything but it's not yeah true. And it's like you're a completely different person too, mind you. Like yeah. you don't really know how long they've been in it. You don't know the people that they know. You don't know how hard they've worked to get there. And it's really easy to just gloss over that and say, you know, oh my god, look at their numbers and look at mine and didn't compare that. And it's like we yeah. are completely two different people. Yeah, <laughs> it's not even so, music related. But I think yeah. I said this to you, Anique, yesterday. We were talking about comparison and kind of how difficult that is to deal with mentally. And I was like, yeah, I literally will probably open instagram after we get off this phone call and see someone with cool shoes and be like well their life must be much better than mine (laughs) (laughs) 
crazy. Well, wait, so based true. off of that alone. <laughs> That's mm. funny. So, so real. In season one, we interviewed an incredible artist named Rosie. Um, and she said she said something about um authentic songwriting and she said if you're nervous to say something in a song that's how you know you're on the right track and i thought that was really kind of important and insightful and horrifying because i was like i don't really but i don't really want to do that what if i don't want to do that (laughs) yep what if i don't want to say like all my personal shit and and since you your songs are very kind of honest and vulnerable and i really like that about your work so how do you gather the courage to be honest and open in sessions especially when you're with strangers or kind of how do you approach that and getting in that mindset oh well thank you yeah I think when it comes to being real I think I've realized that like the people that I listen to and the music that I love listening to it's what I you know want to kind of be influenced by and Mm -hmm. um by listening to other people who are vulnerable it inspires me to do the same because I'm like well if they're doing that you know and there's so many people who respond in such an incredible way um like a huge example of that is Carly Hansen and another one is Chelsea Cutler and I think Mm. um they're two huge inspirations for me sonically but also lyrically and um I think when it comes to just being honest it's like it just comes with being a songwriter. I think it's really hard to open up, but mm-hmm. I think if you actually do and you are, you know, just true to yourself, then it's it it'll pay off. As as difficult as it is to like yeah. to be that way, I think there's a lot of songs that are so watered down that um, you know, a lot of lyrics are kind of vague and it's like, "Well, what are you exactly yeah. saying?" And I think there's there's a need for like painting an actual picture and an actual story that you know, ultimately we'll get a lot of people to, to listen because the whole point of music is to get people to either heal from things or relate to things mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. feel something. And, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of that comes with you being real and vulnerable. And, um, that example that you just said about, you know, being kind of nervous to write, that was exactly how I felt with my song talking in my sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. cause there are so many songs that are about love and like, yeah. you know, being in a relationship and stuff. And so I completely twisted that and wrote the complete opposite, which is about being single and the fear of being forever alone. <laughs> and that is a, something that I have Scary. very much feared for a minute. Oh yeah. Um, it's so real. And so I was just like, well, here I go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll and say this I, just, I just, I just wrote it. The Oof. There. Yeah. yeah. It's. <laughs> it's so real it's just Uh, yeah and so I felt like from what I was thinking of I was like I'm trying to think of some songs where people are writing about this now and off the top of my head I couldn't really think of too many mm -hmm. so I was like all right perfect right there's that little avenue yeah right um that's so yeah that's kind of how that happened that's hilarious because I think I'm kind of new at the actual conscious thought of saying this makes me uncomfortable. I should talk about it because I do mm-hmm. a lot of writing for other people and I'm in a session and it's not about me. I like have that cop out of being like, yep, this is not about me. If we need details, let's get them from you. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And it's easier so that true. way. But, um, I was writing a song yesterday and I was telling Anique about it. Um, and I was explaining how I didn't really know. I was like, I don't know if these lyrics are mean because like the emotion I described was kind of an ugly one, kind of like a bitter, like, I don't feel great that I've felt this before. And so I didn't even want mm. to say it. I didn't want to say it was it was something about being like happy that someone has cried over me. 
and that was the concept and i was like sasha Ooh. stop being a bitch like don't say that out loud keep that to yourself and then <laughs> i was like i love it but i'm like so but, here for it and though. it was like <laughs> yeah if, if it's real then then say yep. it and that was i was just a recent moment that i was confronted with that where i felt like I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's not something I'm proud to have thought or felt. So that's even more uncomfortable to put. It's not just that it's personal, that it's like, it's bitter. Like, it's not a great side of me. I don't know. But because of the fact that you're like aware of that, I think it, it makes you a lot less of realizing that it's bitter. <laughs> like, because you are you know that it's like a little bit more of like an edgy type of perspective. I think it's right. like, if you said that and then like release the song, People would love it because then it's like, oh, am I a bad person for also thinking that? Because right. a lot of people think that. Right, right. You know? Yeah. They're like, wow, this is obviously <laughs> so relatable. So relatable. Oh, yeah. I felt that That's 100%. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so our last question for you is a song breakdown. Mm-hmm. And essentially, it's just kind of like from inspiration to writing the song to putting it out and how you feel about it now. And we wanted to know if you would do a song breakdown for I Like You More In My Dreams from your new EP. Sure. Okay, so where do I start? Uh, maybe from like the inspiration. Yeah, and the writing process. to the writing. Totally. Okay, so this song was actually the only song on the whole EP that was recorded in person. Um, and it was before the whole pandemic had started. So mm-hmm. um, this That's was, fun. yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was with a few friends of mine in California. Um, Alex Cost, Eden Neville um and sarah nagurney and uh they are three co-writers of mine who are very very talented and Mm -hmm. uh alex is also the producer on it so basically it was just one of those sessions where we got in um i think we started with some piano or not piano sorry with guitar chords um that eden had brought up and um i actually had referenced a song a lot of the times i'll walk into sessions if it's for myself with an idea of influences or specific songs yeah definitely. and um so a song that i had brought up was by lute who uh is an incredible uh duo and uh also mm-hmm. friends of mine as well and there's a song that was called tomorrow tonight that i was obsessed with at the time so i brought that in um and then alex basically absorbed that and he's also <laughs> worked with them before which is insane oh, perfect yeah um and what was really crazy and what was kind of like a huge sign of like how the song was just going to be great (laughs) was uh you know when I brought up that reference he was just like I knew he was friendly with them and stuff but he was just like all right go to Spotify and check the credits right now and I was just like there's no way (laughs) out of every song in the world there's no way that's crazy and you didn't even know no idea that's Um, fate that's fate so insane and so yeah he was a co-producer on that song and so I was just like all right so he was like I have all of the elements that I use for that song right here yeah whoa it was it was insane so we basically wrote um you know to the guitar and then as we were writing uh we built around that with production and it was just very seamless and um you know kind of touched upon the what the whole ep kind of stems on which Mm -hmm. a lot of the time these people that you um you know you develop what whether it's a romantic or any sort of friendship relationship yeah um you, you develop this kind of image of who they are in your head and sometimes to make things work and to make things kind of happen how you want them to you gloss over some of the imperfections and try to make yep. it work as long as possible Tell and me about it dude. oh it's a struggle for real <laughs> so um i like you more my dreams is basically like i like you more uh you know this person that i've created in my head <laughs> than i do the actual person yeah so you have no idea how much i relate to that 
Oh my god, really? (laughs) Oh, it's a nightmare. I always do that. Oh boy, it happens. You know, it really does. Well, those are all our questions for you. Thank you so much for being on the show. This was such a lovely conversation. Thank you guys for having me. This was so much fun, and I love talking to you guys. Thank you guys for listening to that episode. Thank you. I really like that. Heather is so nice. Yeah, she's a really cool person, and she's done so much. It's so impressive. Yeah, she has a lot of experience. How old is she? I don't know how old she is. I'm not sure. But she's done so much, and she seems like... And she's independent. Yeah, and she's an independent artist. It's, like, a little bit crazy. But we hope you liked learning about her and felt inspired. And if you did, hit us up on Instagram. Tell us Mm -hmm. about it. Um, But, yeah, we'll catch you next week with another episode. (laughs) Mwah!